0: Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Locks LaRue's Locker Room. Join me every Friday with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week I'm joined by the fabulous Matty who hosts the Twink Talks on Glitter Beam Radio. Today me and Matty talk about gender expression, gender identity and owning your voice. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi everybody and welcome to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Um, I'm joined by a special guest today, um, Matty. So hi Matty. how are you? Hello, I'm
1: good, thank you. Um, just chilling today, not got much planned apart from this. What about you?
0: I'm good. Yeah, just getting used to everything as usual. Um, I need to start getting out soon though, because um not being scared of the virus, <laughs> um, but being safe, of course. Um, but yeah, thank you for um joining me today on this podcast. Um I thought we'd get straight in with the conversation um and I'd sort of give a prompt by asking you something. So if your younger self could see like you now, like what you're doing and everything. how do you think they respond do you think they'd be like oh that's so good or do you think they'd be shocked or yeah I'm interested to know I always think
1: this like it's so weird because I literally thought this maybe yesterday and a few days before that I thought it as well I was just like because even in primary school say it was my 10th birthday I would be like because obviously when you're 10 years old you've not got a lot of freedom to do anything I was always like I wonder what I'm going to be like in another 10 years when I'm 20 and I turned 20 this Monday and I think if my younger self saw me now, they'd be like so, like, they'd be shocked, but they'd be proud as well. Because when I was 10 years old, I knew that I was gay. I knew that I was feminine, but I didn't know much about gender diverse, like like gender identities. And now obviously, if I had told 10 year old me that I would identify as like non-binary femme, I'd be like, what the hell does that mean? And now I've literally just, I'm just so proud of who I am and what I've become and how open I am and how I would literally walk down Probably most dangerous places you could walk down in the outfits I wear, <laughs> just like they probably be like. This is one bad bitch, and I can't wait to grow up and be them. <laughs> I
0: would definitely give you a lot of credit for that because I, I I sometimes walk um, down the street in what I want to wear, but other times I get a bit scared. Um, but yeah, I really like respect your confidence. Um, but yeah, for me, like if I could see myself now, like when I was younger, I'd probably be I'd probably be quite impressed, but I'd be shocked but impressed. Um. Um so yeah, it looks like we're both living our best gay life, which is good. <laughs> let's let's talk a bit about then um growing up. Um because I know I interviewed you on the Warfly Express, so we we spoke about this, but now um our listeners can hear a bit more as well on this podcast. So um growing up, what was it like for you, like in a small town and stuff like that? So I grew up
1: in South Wales, in Newport, which is like I don't know it's like close to Cardiff which is obviously the capital of Wales but it's like Newport was quite um as you would say like I don't know if you guys I only ever hear myself saying this word but it's like a chavy area like it's quite rough which obviously my I grew up there so I could probably be classified as rough my dad's side of the family all came from Bettis which is like a really rough area so you don't really ex- see anyone who's LGBT around there and growing up like I never knew what... I always knew I was attracted to boys and everything. Like I would be like, I would torment the boys just so that they would chase me and give me attention. All my friends were girls really. And I would just be like, I always thought that was fine until obviously young kids become old enough to learn that gay can be used as an insult. And obviously, it wasn't so as massively accepted as it is now back when I was like 10 years old. So it it was a big thing of like being bullied and people taking the mick out of you. Like it, it was never anything really bad for me until I got to about year 11, which is when I was about 16 years old that bullying got quite really bad. But I knew that it was a sense of feeling wrong. And I, there were times where I was in the shower, I believe in God and everything. I would be like, if God loves me, he won't make me gay. If God loves me, he won't put me through this. I feel terrible. I wish I was just normal, quote unquote normal. Um, but I, would, I just would cry in the shower for about half an hour thinking, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. And to look at, back at that now to where I am, girl, if I was straight, I'd be bored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know know what you mean. I I was the same. I was like, oh, um," because it was quite a Christian primary school and like um, high school, like there wasn't any mention of like um, gay couples or gay people. So it's kind of like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. And I kept thinking, oh, just like, you can't, you can't be gay, you can't be gay and stuff like that. But I think with in terms of like, like you said, with the bullying, um, with me, people used to um, pick on for me as a young age from with my high voice and this is something I wanted to talk to you about with voice because I know you mentioned this to me before um, yeah. like people seem to pick on I don't know well I think anyway feminine qualities yeah, which know. is sort of like where toxic toxic masculinity can link in um, so first for me I don't know about you people picked on my um, voice before I had long hair um, so, like, I remember the first day of like high school, this bully came up to me and then he was just like um trying to push me around and stuff. And then I know that I shouldn't laugh, but it, like, me in this really high pitched voice, I was like, you better move out of my way. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. ever since, like, he was, it, whenever he saw me, he was like, you better move out, like, copying. And I was like, oh, it sounds funny. It was horrible at the time, but it's kind of like, yeah. because I had a high voice.
1: And like, be like, haha, that was funny.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know about you in terms of voice. Like, just, is that something that people picked on you for
1: yeah. high voice so I have an identical twin who's straight and everything we're polar opposites we sound differently and like I would say when I talk to people that I'm comfortable with this is like my most natural tone of voice which yeah might it's kind of high but it's more kind of on the squeaky like ca- flamboyant side than it's on like the high to low kind of areas but like I would always be picked on like saying why do you sound like a girl why do you speak like mm. that Blah, blah, blah. And I remember um, I was on holiday. I was about 14 years old with my brother and it was a bit NSFW. Can I say it? Yeah. Um, So my brother was like, obviously just chatting absolute rubbish. He was like, I heard that people who have high high voices suck dick. And I was like, oh, well, is that why I have a high pitched voice? (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I've been, I, and then I was really paranoid about it. I was like, Tom, is my voice really that high? Is it really high? Like, should I speak like this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, voice was something I used to be, because I used to be so insecure about how my voice was. And then obviously I got more comfortable with who I was and I would watch Glee and I loved Kurt Hummel and I loved his voice and I loved his singing voice. so it got to a point where I was like, oh, I wish my voice was that high again. Or I wish I could sound like that. Oh, I wish I could sing that high. So it's like, you get more comfortable with it and then you wish it was feminine again.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. and I don't know about you, but um, this can also like relate to when we talk about um, what we do now. But um, with like my voice, I had this phase where I couldn't listen to myself on um on camera or like a recording because I'd be like oh does my voice really sound that high and well gay I know that sounds bad now but that's what I used to think um and so but that's weird now because obviously I do like the podcast recordings and um I do like the Wallflower Express chat show and hosting and stuff so it's weird that I used to hate my voice so much because Mm -hmm. like I was like does my voice sound like that high and you know well camp is what people used to say so I don't know whether you used to have that problem would you ever hear your voice and be like oh does my voice really sound like that
1: yeah like especially as I said like on holidays because it was this holiday specifically that was like my brain was just like revolving around insecurities around my voice when I was about 14 years old because people had mentioned it in school my brother's friend Niall was like why do you sound so gay why do you sound so girly why do you speak like that and I was like this is literally just my voice girl um but that my mum would film videos of me and my brother on holiday and I would let's watch them back and I'd hear myself talking and I'd be like why do I sound like that like I'm not putting anything on and I'm literally just speaking normally but why does it sound like that why does it sound so different to my brother it is that camp kind of voice but is something I don't feel like I'm not controlling it are you controlling it it's just kind of natural
0: yeah and like with with now like I think I've got used to hearing my own voice I think quite a lot of people struggle sometimes with them um, with hearing their own voice on recordings I still do a bit um but I've, I've got used to got used to it now um and obviously like you said sometimes watching people on tv or like role models can help like for example Glee, um, Kurt and stuff, and also Jonathan Van Ness. I don't know if you know um, them. them. Yeah, because they, they're like got this amazing, like super um voice. And so I sort of um I think that helps, but obviously there wasn't that much of that on TV and stuff. But with you then, do you think um like hearing yourself talk now because you have your own radio show, if you'd like to tell us a bit about that, um do you think you don't mind yourself hearing yourself talk now, or do you still be like, Oh, I don't want to hear myself?
1: I I really like my voice now like I've literally growing up like through my teens I've been like I would put myself down so much and then I had like a complete brain kind of swap I was like let's be confident about it I'd be like confidence in my looks confident in how I sounded confident in my body and I'd just be like and now with my radio show and everything I obviously listen it ba- listen to it back and I want to like check that it's all okay and I'd be like i'm just listening to it normally and like obviously i put some kind of like i i wouldn't say a character but i add some kind of flair to it to make the i don't want it to be completely monotone i want it to be up and down and exciting and everything like that so there are points where i do listen to it and i'm like oh like i've said girl and honey a whole bunch like here but like the tone of my voice and everything is not something that i'm really embarrassed of anymore and i listen to it like normally and i have snapchat private stories and I watch them back because one, I think I'm hilarious and two, I I don't care about my voice. Like I could listen to it. It's just when I shriek and everything, like my laugh does get a bit annoying. And especially when my friends film videos and I'm like laughing in the background, I'm like, why do I sound like that? Like to calm down. <laughs>
0: I think you I think that's true. You've got to be um, like your own biggest fan in a way, I think, especially if I feel like um, as a, a queer person as well, because in the past, if like you've had loads of people against you, you've got to try and build yourself up. Um, do you kind of feel like um, you've had to build up your own confidence if you've had people around you or do you think you've had friends where they've helped with that too?
1: I um, obviously had people picking on me because of my lack of masculinity and a lot of femininity and that was something i was insecure about but then obviously when i was like i want like i live off being feminine now like i want to be more and more feminine at this point in my life and so like When it got to that point when I discovered that this was my new identity and that's how I wanted to express myself I always had friends coming up to me like my friends would be like you're so pretty you have such nice eyes you've got very feminine bone structure you've got very feminine shoulders you've got this and that like everything about you of of you is girly and my friends say to me I don't think of you as a man whatsoever I don't think of anything of you as being manly and I take that as a compliment and I've had like I remember being at Reading Festival two years ago these girls that I didn't even know, obviously obviously off their face on drugs, but <laughs> I came out of the toilet and they were like, oh my god, you look so pretty, you're like so androgynous, and I was like, I love this, like this is kind, this is the kind of compliments that I want to receive, so I do have friends that support me, and like, big me up, and even my straight guy friends, they're like, you look like a girl, so as long as you like that, then good. <laughs>
0: it's yeah it's nice to be celebrated isn't it especially when like when you're younger it's not so celebrated in in that sense and by some people um like I remember at school like every sort of quality feminine quality I had was sort of you know um criticized especially with like long hair people always used to be like oh are you gonna cut your hair or you know um also with like sport as well I'm probably going to bring sport a lot into this podcast um Uh, I think with sport as well, because it's considered quite like a masculine um, thing to do. Like that was not one of my strong suits. So how was um, PE for you in that sense?
1: (laughs) I have this irrational fear of being hurt during sport. So I'm just like, because I remember kicking a football once and this boy kicked it the exact same time and it really hurt my ankle. Um, I don't like getting wet and muddy. We have the worst weather in South Wales. It would always be raining when we had rugby on. And we'd all come back after PE covered in wet mud, having to then get back into our school uniform to go through a full day of school. And I was like, sis, I'm not that bitch. I'm not getting wet and muddy to sit like a disgusting person for the entire day. So me and then this other openly gay boy, we'd always stand on the edge of the field and just talk to each other because we didn't want to join in sport. And I remember Mr Alonzi, the PE teacher came over
0: and was like, stop having mother's meetings, come on and play. One time I was just like, I don't want to do PE and stuff, like I hate it. Um, and I managed to get out of it in the end um, yeah. for a medical reason, which I just blagged. Um, I can say that now. Um, and I just did my coursework. Um, but they were arguing the case that like, you need exercise and stuff. But I did overexercise. Um, well, I managed to get out of it but at first they were just like well what do you what can we do like would you rather join like the girls PE team like they said it in quite a you know, insult way, I remember as well trying to get, I don't know if you ever tried to get out of PE, like, sometimes as well, like I used to forget my football kit, but because they made me wear this really small thing, and then it was, like, really, like, tight on me, and then everyone was going, hi, you've got, like, boobs and stuff like that, and and then I was just like, well, it's not my fault, because um it's the only spare one that's available, but I think if I was wearing, like, a tight top now and PE, I'd just, like, stuck down the pitch and be like, yeah, this is, like, a crop top. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: They would, if... Because they would always be... They'd get so annoyed if you, quote-unquote... is quote-unquote a thing. Am I saying that right? Should I just say bunny ears? Do people know what I'm doing?
0: <laughs> I think i this <laughs> yeah.
1: But if you forgot, like, on purpose, your PE, quit, PE kit, they would send you, like, the, the lost property box, and you'd pull out the sweatiest, stickiest PE uniform. It was, like, heavy with sweat, and it absolutely stank. And I wore that about maybe two times because I would... Because sometimes they're like, "Okay, you forgot your PE kit, just stand on the side." But they knew that who was faking it was like was faking it. It was either like the geeky kids or the gay kids. Like if you faked it, they were like, "Just put on the spare one." And they're like, "Ugh, I don't want to. It. it stinks."
0: In terms of like linking back to voice and stuff like that, um, I know on the wolf flight especially, you mentioned that. Um, you said growing up um, with voice like you have to you've changed it around certain people Um, so could you sort of expand a bit on that um, if you can remember
1: (laughs) yeah so when like obviously I just said like this is my probably most comfortable voice like I'm not putting any effort to do this voice Um, but then I'm also it's just like a kind of natural switch depending on who I'm around like my grandparents who are accepting of me and everything but I don't want to be overly camp around. Um, I would like, they came over the other day and my voice is just like, it naturally goes to like, oh, hi grandma. Like, like today I went to the shop and I went to London last weekend. Like it's so deep. And I'm just like, then I'm putting effort into doing that. But when I'm around my grandparents, it's, just, it's like a natural switch. My voice is automatically that kind of deep. And I think, what I said last time on the Warflower Express, I was just like, I think gay people, gay boys especially, like, kind of grow up to have natural hiding tactics.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true as well, because I I moved school because I was badly bullied in my first school, um, and I moved school, and then, like, um, when I moved there, like, I think I, like, Because no one knew me, it was kind of like a fresh start. So I kind of like made my voice a bit lower. With work and stuff, do you, does it, how are you at work? Like, are you like your gay, fabulous self, or do you think you have to like tone down a bit?
1: (laughs) Well, when I worked in a warehouse, like a Wilco warehouse at the beginning of lockdown, the men there were like your typical burly worker men, construction guys, and rough and all that so you're thinking oh I don't really want to be the campus around them um so I would just normally speak with kind of no flamboyant tones and kind of just be as like silent or as little as possible really but then I met this other guy that gay guy there and I would be like oh we'd all we'd be very like mother's meeting kind of with
0: each other. In terms of like dress sense though I sometimes i have to like tie my hair up because um i worked in the uh, museum before and then Mm. like um they were like can you make sure you tie your hair up like properly even though all the girls like they had their hair down so i don't know like it's kind of the same thing at school it's never an option for boys to wear
1: skirts to school because it's like but girls are allowed to dress like boys but it's not the same thing as like even nowadays even in 2020 like a girl wearing boys clothes will just like go right over your head. But as soon as a boy steps out in a crop top and a skirt, you're like, that is weird.
0: I know. It's, it's kind of like conditioned, isn't it? Because at school, I remember in primary school where the girls in summer could wear like um, some, a summer dress. And I was like, oh, I wish I could because it seems much more comfy than this horrible grey trousers. And
1: stuff. It was so hot and horrible in those trousers. So sweaty.
0: I know. Um, So before we talk a bit more about um, expression and sort of what you do to express yourself I just wanted to ask uh, a question um, which you might not be able to think of straight away and it's I like to ask my guests um, about a key moment in their life. Um, It can be recently or you know or so have you got any examples of something that you know you can remember significantly that's affected your life in a good or you know you've learned something from it.
1: A key moment in my life with like my gender expression and gender identity is when I turned 18 years old um, and I was able to start going night clubbing I would always go to my friend's house to do like my f- mum and my stepdad were like they didn't have very negative views of me wearing na- makeup it was just kind of a surprise at the beginning But when I felt like as if I wasn't comfortable doing my makeup at home, I'd always go to my friend's house for pre-drinks and I'd do my makeup there. But going nightclubbing allowed me to kind of experiment with what I wore outside of the house. And I feel like in a party environment with a group of friends, I felt safer wearing a dress and like a skirt and crop tops and all that. So when I turned 18 going nightclubbing, that's when I started buying and wearing more girls clothes. And then Obviously, it's an independence thing, and especially when I moved to university last September, it gave me a chance of like I don't like I don't need to worry about what my parents see me wearing. I don't need to worry about if I'm upsetting anyone. So when I became an independent person in a different city, not having to worry about what anyone thought of me or if anyone was going to report back to my parents or anything, I was able to kind of experiment with who I was and what I wanted to wear.
0: Oh, that's, that's lovely to hear, because I'm, I'm kind of the same with um, going out as well. But I think for me, it was when I joined um, the LGBT society and uh, the Ballest Society, um, yeah. which we can talk a bit more about in a bit. Um, but I think seeing other people for me helped me sort of think, oh, yeah, then if other people address him, you know, experiment with their style like boys and girls and you know people who are non-binary and stuff um, it sort of helped me to think oh yeah I can experiment with my style too if other people are so going to university helped me and you know being able to go out and see other people dressing in all these um, fabulous uh, outfits so how do you find being non-binary um, and would you say you experimented with your style before you discovered you were as well or
1: yeah, so when I first started hearing about non-binary identities, it was kind of in my GCSEs in high school. And that was kind of when it was like, it, it blew up, but it became like the meme of 2017. Like people saying, oh, I identify as a toaster. I identify as an Apache mm-hmm. helicopter. And that's all I was ever like hearing about it. So I was like, I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just something to take the piss out of. So I didn't really comment on it because I knew transgender, I knew a transgender boy in my year. Um, So I knew what trans was and I had seen trans people on TV and everything. But non-binary was such like a new thing to me. And then it's just like a matter of, and then I found the label non-binary trans feminine, which is like someone who's born as male, but wants to express and be seen and as more feminine, like doesn't necessarily mean transitioning into a woman and I was like that means that's me (laughs) I feel like that so now it's just gotten to the point I'm accepting any pronouns because it's like obvious there's going to be lots and lots of people when I walk down the street they're like that's a boy and I'm just I'm not I'm I understand a lot of people don't want their gender assumed but in my eyes I'm not going to go up to every stranger and be like can you call me this can you call me that and I understand if people do and that's completely fine and they're valid if they want to like get their point across but I'm the kind of person I don't want to have I'm not like I don't want people to feel as though they have to change their entire vocabulary I'll educate them on it and if they want to like call me what I want them to call me that's fine but I'm in my head I know that some people are still going to perceive me as male people are going to call me a he when they think oh look at that boy over there with the pink shirt on if they're like describing me to a friend or something so I'm not going to be like That's why I accept any pronoun because I know it's going to come either way. I fight it or not. So that's why I take anything.
0: And um, in terms of pronouns, what pronouns do you prefer? And listeners as well. um, Could you tell people, because a lot of people say, I don't know whether to ask people what their pronouns are, but actually, well, I think it, I've heard that it's okay to ask, isn't it? Um, So, yeah.
1: Um, Well, I... Uh, like I said I always accept any pronouns but then I feel like over the past few months I've found myself whenever I describe myself to someone I'm always using they them pronouns so that's how I would normally like I would always talk I'd be like if I was describing myself to someone like past me I'd be like oh like this person I don't know I can't I've forgotten of an example now but I would always find myself calling myself using they them pronouns when I describe myself so that's how I would talk about myself but again with other people I don't mind what they call me um so I'm expecting you're 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 the kind of person to respect pronouns so I'm sure you're going to call me they them now but like again if you if you slip up I don't mind anyone can call me what they want
0: yeah for me I identify as like androgynous so um I like to go by the pronouns he and him um because I identify as a boy but androgynous I'm still learning a bit about it I think it's more about your just expression rather than your identity um so it's just your appearance so I like to mix my appearance with like masculine and feminine qualities like you you were saying it's kind of like everyone likes to identify how they want to identify and I think I wish just people would just <laughs> respect that more don't you <laughs> yeah
1: I know people are like and it's it's horrible, there's boys on my Facebook that I've been friends with on there since comprehensive school slash like high school. I don't know if you call it comprehensive school, where I'm from, we call it comprehensive school. Um, but this this boy who I was best friends with when I was little, he's now the kind of person to share like really racist Facebook posts, really transphobic Facebook posts. I remember a year ago, he shared something like, it was a picture of an injured military man and a picture of a boy in a dress next to each other and it was like above the military man it was like this is what bravery looks like and above the like non binary person it said this is not what bravery looks like and then i shared that with a photo i had seen on facebook a few minutes before Of this gay man who has been beaten to a pulp and I was like if you want to say that this isn't bravery I would say the exact opposite because this person has been brave enough to go out dressed like this and expressing themselves and they've gotten beaten up for it so if you don't think that's brave I don't know what is brave.
0: That's that's a really good point and I think yeah people don't realise that when you go out dressed especially if you're a boy or someone who identifies as male if you go out dressed um more feminine per se I think um there is that risk isn't there um but it's it's kind of do you find it annoying though as well when someone says like oh you're really brave dressing like that or do you think it depends in the way that they say it
1: it's a kind of a double-edged sword yeah implying that you're brave is also implying that it's the wrong thing to do Whereas they're also complimenting you thinking you're very, wow, you're so unique, you're very courageous, you know that people might not agree with this, but yet you're living your best life any way that anyone else should want to. So it's like a double-edged sword in that kind of way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, And, you know, before we um, end today's episode, I just wanted to ask you if you've got any um, sort of resources or takeaways or sort of tips for other people. Um, You know, based on whatever you want, um, whether it be on like your expression or, you know, if people are facing examples of bullying or toxic masculinity.
1: Okay, so resources that I've used to make myself a lot more comfortable with who I am and become a lot more knowledgeable around the area of gender identity and gender expression is Facebook is like the best place to find any kind of groups that applies to what you're going through. So when I started learning about non-binary identities and started feeling that way myself, I went on Google, not on Google, I went on Facebook and I just typed in non-binary and I'm in like three non-binary Facebook groups now with thousands of thousands of thousands of people across the world who are on the same Facebook group. And that's why I've learned so many things about gender identity that I tell my friends about now, what I tell my brother about and So if you want to learn anything about yourself or other people, I'd say to go on Facebook and find groups that are revolving around that topic.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd definitely back that up and say with communities as well. um, Just if you, whether it's in person or like Matty said on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, I think actually getting involved in communities or even just following or, you know, like-minded people that can sort of have a positive impact you know where you learn stuff and you don't feel like you're the only person who's going through stuff um so yeah that's something i definitely recommend um well thank you for joining me today Matty on this podcast episode um I'm also looking forward to um BC Burlesque starting up with seeing how it goes um it's good that it's still continuing and that you're um I can say this now because it's been announced because you're on the committee aren't you dance Captain?
1: Yes, one of the three um well there's two dance captains and then lives the dance teacher so yes i'm in charge of a dance or two darling
0: and i think it's good that someone who is non-binary as well is on the committee um because i don't know if you agree like this could um obviously you're not just non-binary you're loads of different things but you know you're someone who express yourself as well so do you think it's kind of good that you're able to be on the committee and you might influence someone else to be able to um you know find their gender identity or express themselves
1: yeah massively because when i i was a first year last year obviously when i joined burlesque society obviously jay was the president at the time and i looked up to him massively because he wore Anything that he wanted, he wore heels. In the Christmas show, he had made this custom little crop top and Santa skirt that I thought was amazing. Um, He went to the kink party in a complete custom pink latex outfit. So I hope that someone in first year, or any year, if someone's older than me, the same age as me, or younger than me, I hope that they can see me on the committee and be like, this bitch is fierce. I feel inspired to do the same.
0: Just... Quickly linking back to toxic masculinity as well, and you know, expression. I think if more people talk to each other, you know, about stuff, or you know, if we had these open discussions, or if more people, you know, um, celebrated other people, I think there would be well, I could be wrong, there might be less examples of like toxic masculinity. Do you think so? Or
1: yeah, I think if um, stuff like this was celebrated and became more normalized than it is already. Like, we're seeing, like, I, I'm on TikTok a lot. <laughs> um, I'm seeing so many straight men go out painting their nails, getting their nails done with their girlfriends, getting cool colors and patterns and matching things with their girlfriends. So that's an area of typical traditional femininity that's, like, migrating into mainstream masculine it- masculinity. Um, people are wearing skirts more often, they don't have to be gay or trans, they're wearing skirts, they're wearing what they want to, so I think we're on the right track to make it more normal, but obviously there's still such a long way to go, because trans and gender diverse people are still being murdered and abused and everything, so there's still such a long way to go, but I think they're on the right track.
0: I would like to thank today's guest, Matty, for coming on to this podcast. If you want to catch more of Matty, then check them out on Instagram at mxtty.xo. Thank you for listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. We'll see you next Friday. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Lox LaRue. Bye.